Hello, I'm Hannah Jenna. And I'm Rachel Johnson, and welcome to Before and After, a body image podcast. We are here to discuss our ideas, perceptions, and beliefs about how we look and how we see others. We'll be looking at research and trends in the world of fitness and nutrition, as well as looking at our own biases related to body image and busting some persistent myths that abound in advertising and on social media. We hope to reach and captivate audiences of all ages and gender. So please help us out by subscribing and sharing. And if you like what you hear, we would very much appreciate you leaving us a review. Happy listening. Hello, everybody. This is episode 30. And we just looked it up. And that means we have reached the mean number of episodes for the world of podcasts. All podcasts. Which technically means we are officially average. <laughs> We are Which a, sounds like a weird statistic to celebrate. We are a very um, average podcast. Yes. But that also means that every episode forwards from now, right. we get increasingly awesome. Yes. And like we'll get more and more awesome and then our number will be helping the people who just do like two episodes make up that average number that we just looked up. Yeah, somehow over 30 episodes, well, 29, because we haven't recorded this one and it's full True. yet, and we may We're being fail. really hopeful that this will be good this afternoon. <laughs> we've, we've come up with 29 different discussions on things related to body image. So, with that, Rachel, what are we going to talk about today? Well, um, we you came up with a great idea this week um, based on the fact that I believe you really tore the crap out of your hand last week <laughs> doing some awesomeness at the gym right yes uh so a while ago we did an episode on body modification talked about piercings and tongue splitting and tattoos and weird plastic surgery yes implants you covered some strange body mods and then the other day like Rachel said I was doing some gymnastics I didn't wear my grips for some stupid reason and I probably got the worst rip I've ever done to my hand. It was like started out like a sort of fairly small rip, but it was right underneath a callus, and then the whole callus proceeded to rip off two days later, and it was there's a lot of blood. Yeah, I definitely wish you had not sent me that picture. <laughs> I could have done without it. <laughs> Sharing is caring. Um, I had to. Well, that was my excuse for not a full send day. That, that's right. I had asked. It was my fault. I asked you the question: Why did you do GHD sit ups instead of toes to bar? And I got that picture sent to me in response. And then it got me to thinking about um, a friend of ours, somebody who works out at the gym. She's recently started doing box jumps. And as anybody who does CrossFit functional fitness and is learning to box jump, well knows that at some point. Your shins are probably going to eat shit. It's, yeah, it, it's considered a rite of passage in many CrossFit gyms. Um, it does happen to a lot of people. And it actually, after talking to her about it, like the, for some reason, the shin does not heal in any kind of a hurry. No. And, and it scars. I don't, I think it's because it's so close to the bone or something. Well, right? every the time flashes. I have shaved my legs since having that discussion with her, I've looked Ew. at my own shins and seen like the white lines down my shins that are the scars. Yep. yep. From failed box jumps and from like Olympic lifting, keeping the box. Yeah, close. there's a lot of things that that involve your. So shins. it got me thinking about um, being a body image podcast about sort of the scars that we have, our battle scars, and and you know how we all have different things that we have kind of. I feel like all of my scars from any sort of sporting endeavor that I have taken on, whether it's sailing or CrossFit and stuff, they're kind of things that I've earned 
And yeah. I'm kind of proud of them because each one sort of tells a story. My hands are my biggest thing from sailing because oh, I'm sure. like I now invest heavily in my face trying to <laughs> <laughs> trying to defend it against the impending aging. But you know, there's not a whole hell of a lot you can do with your hands. I think we have previously talked about like people plumping hands. Yes, people stuff. do. I mean, like you can get laser therapy and remove the really, spots on the back of them. And I'm not gonna do much with these bad boys. They they they're, they're weather beaten and they're aged. But I always remember from sailing, like, because I have dry hands anyway. Coming off of a boat, they would be like scaly Ooh, yeah. and rough as hell, and just look, they'd look because they're terrible. wet and then cold, probably back yeah. and forth all the time. And my dad would always look at my hands and kind of be like, "Oh no." And then I remember like a few times I've shaken hands with people and they've been like, oh, oh God. And the first time yes. that Dave, my now husband, so it can't be that bad. <laughs> the first time he ever like tried to hold my hand, he physically recoiled. Really? Oh, yeah. But he was a lifter too back then. Yeah, but he's got then. like soft hands. But at the time I was sailing and I'd gotten into CrossFit. So I had the rough sailing hands and then there was like, Started you know, the chalk that you use when you're lifting kind of dries out your hands too and then you get calluses in places and you know and my hands were for a while kind of gnarly and I was sort of embarrassed by them especially like when someone goes to hold your hand and they like jump sweet romantic moment and the last thing you want is them to be like repulsed (laughs) they look at you like kind of like oh my god what was that (laughs) so true crossfit hands are the Um, worst and for a while, I was like, oh, gosh, I'm really self-conscious about my hands. Like, do I have to spend the rest of my life wearing gloves? You know, maybe I could pull off, like, a Michael Jackson look and just there you go. Or move somewhere really cold. I just I watched Frozen last night. She had to wear gloves the whole time. And oh. she was magical. Well, there you go. I could wear magical gloves. <laughs> so, yeah, that whole, all of those things got to me to think about, like, battle scars. Mm. And what well, your thoughts on them. Like, are you proud of them? Are you, like... Because our friend with the box jumping shins, she was sort of like, oh my gosh, look at the state of my legs. And I'm like, when I look at your scars on your shins, or your, well, they're scabs right now, but they'll be scars. I'm like, I see that as like, cool, right? Yeah. That's you getting way out of your comfort zone, trying something new at the age of 50. Right. And you know, it's like box jumps are a weird thing. Like it shouldn't seem, it shouldn't be hard to jump on a box but for some reason it's a very mental thing and if you've never jumped on a box before or you're trying to jump higher than you have before like the head game is real and she's been working on them for a while like like right she's been facing that fear for a while so i do so i was like like, you know what indicate the, the the journey that she's been on love those shin scars so, yeah, I thought it could be a fun thing for us to talk yeah. about, you know, how you feel about the scars on your body and the stories that they tell. And obviously these scars, I mean, I, I'm fortunate so far. I've never had to face anything that has scarred me in any kind of horrific way where every time I see it, it's just like horrible flashbacks or anything. My scars so far are battle scars that I am proud of. Yeah. And I certainly cannot speak for anybody who has been through an experience where they're scarred in a way that you know, is, is very traumatic. So I want to differentiate that from the get-go. That's true. I feel like, yeah, we can probably chat through different, definitely different kinds of scars. Because it's, you know, when we talked about tattoos and other body modifications, some of which, I mean, some people do scarification or scarified tattoos where that's actually the intent. Um, I'm watching but, Yellowstone right now and they brand oh, the like cowboys. Brand, yeah, some people get branding. So that is a style. But we're talking about ones that are 
I mean, for the most part, accidental or incidental, I guess, when you're doing other things, right? Mm -hmm. So, I, I mean, I have a, a box jump scar, and man, I, I don't even have to look at it to still, uh, it's probably eight years later, to like very viscerally remember the moment it happened. Um, have you just done it once? Well, I've slipped on a box m many other times, but there was only that one time where I like took off a decent amount of flesh. Like, like I think I have maybe two scars, but the first one was the worst. Sorry, cover your ears if you get grossed out because this is like TMI. But like the thing I remember most about it was like I didn't notice the, the pain of it at the moment. I looked down and the gym I was at had these horrible boxes in hindsight that had these really kind of sharp edges mm -hmm. um, rather than there's way better boxes now and I looked down and there was like a, a clump of skin oh. <laughs> and there was like a little hair sticking out of it and I was like clearly a I didn't shave well and that's disgusting and that was when I almost like passed out and then kind of like walked away from the workout and looked down and saw that like it was like there wasn't really blood. It was just that whiteness where the blood hasn't even come in yet. <laughs> That's the thing with shin scars. It's like every time you go to shave your legs, it's like how long do you? How long is it before you feel comfortable running a razor over know. your shin? I, I got the heebie-jeebies oh, right now. Exactly. Just thinking exactly. Heebie-jeebies. Sorry, I shared that. <sighs> what any others that you've gotten from CrossFit? Um, or anything really, like any scars that you have gosh. that tell a story or that you know you you can be proud of so it's like there's so gosh. many like there's, I, I mean I have one on my foot and that happened when I was a kid riding on the back of my dad's bicycle and I got my foot kind of stuck in the chain so that was a little traumatic memory as well so not really proud of oh I thought of a bike one I have when I was yeah. a kid so our backyard when I was a kid had like this flint it was really low, but flint wall. So like flint stones are kind of sharp. Oh, the sharp, yeah, because yeah. they flake kind of. And right? I had gotten yeah, a yeah. new bike and I was doing laps of the, the backyard. And I didn't fall off, but like I was getting more and more speed up and I was getting closer and closer to this this flint Ooh. stones every, every lap I did. Yeah. And then one lap I just misjudged it and kind of cycled past and like, caught my ankle bone and I have a real issue with my ankle bones is that where your on ankle the stone came from and then like at the time I didn't feel it because I was so like yeah I'm riding laps and then I looked down of course every time you see the blood you're like oh my god and for a while I was just like after I'd got over the shock and pain I was like oh my god I'm gonna be scarred for life and no one's gonna think I'm beautiful I don't know how old I was it was really <laughs> on your ankle top. bone you were worried no one would ever think you're beautiful again I think I had just like seen blood and got a little over dramatic, and yeah. that's possibly where the ankle thing developed. But um, right, because you don't even like it like if your ankle bones touch each oh other, God, no. right? I can't even talk yeah. about it. Okay, but <laughs> I was also thinking of scarring in terms because I just had a facial, like a real facial, the other day for the first time. I've had one before, like twenty years ago or something, mm -hmm. but this was like a real deal. Lots of different treatments. Um, kind of a facial and we did like she one of the things was like an led light oh yeah therapy thing yeah and we would put, we put light. it on the anti-aging setting of course of course for like sunspots and weathered skin and stuff like that and i was like 
If you I hear snuffling, Dory has joined us, by the way. In the Dory podcast. Doodle came back from a Dory hike. Dory Doodle has been hiking. She also is... has an image issue right now because she had to get a bit of a shave. Yeah. But she doesn't seem to care too much oh, to no. be a dog. Um, <laughs> but, like, back to this facial thing. And I was just like, sunspots. I mean, mine aren't too visible, but they're there. That's also kind of like a, a battle scar from, like, yeah. sailing career. Oh, absolutely. Luckily, my face is holding out. It doesn't quite look like the back of my hands, but... <laughs> we do tend to treat our faces better than our hands. That That is real. I mean, what what would be, like, an acceptable... I mean, you shred your hands in CrossFit. Do you yeah. ever care about that? Do you ever, like, meet people um, or, like, feel self-conscious about how your hands look from I, the sport that you do? I definitely think, I mean, I look down, like, I don't think I look down at my hands and think, oh, that looks ugly, because for me, I know exactly why they look that way, and I love doing what I do in the gym. Um, I will say, though, I have had not quite the same as when you and your hubby were, you know, first holding hands, like, <laughs> but I, because I work in, like, fundraising in the nonprofit world, like, I've definitely been to events where I've been introduced to people, and so these are often, like, older people, or, like, they're all a lot of them are strangers. And every once in a while, I have noticed, like, if they've got a decent handshake, I can tell when they notice the way my hands feel. Of course, they're too polite to say anything or react. Um, a couple, like, once or twice, maybe I can remember someone, like, asking, like, oh. And they, they were, like, trying to figure out, like, what to ask. Like, should they ask, do you do manual labor? Do you, like, do you have a disease? Like, right? Because it's like, what do, you, what do you ask when you, yeah, because like, so, so I do kind of think about that when I'm at events or something, um, and I might be meeting new people, but, uh, oh, bless, oh, you. bless you, Dory. Good sneeze. And my again. Goodness. Oh my goodness. And again. <laughs> Doggy sneezes. Dusty, dusty hiking, clearly. Um, so yeah, so I feel like my hands, I'm not as self-conscious about, um, I do feel like I love IPL photo facials, and I have not gotten one of those in a while because I I feel like I've I've got sunspots and sun damage on my face pretty badly. How? Not, well, I know I I don't I don't know <laughs> like, I don't have the sailing career excuse that you have. Like a vampire. Maybe it's just my like paleness. I I think I mean oh gosh well here's admitting things that scars make you reveal about yourself too. I did have a really inappropriate relationship with a tanning bed. <gasps> it was only like for one summer like 20 years ago but I'm pretty sure that stint tanning too much I look back at pictures and I was orange and then it also led to like um, a scar that I have on my chest is uh, because I had to have a, a cancer removed at the age of like 29 so wow. that's a scar that like reminds me of poor decisions do you um, think that was related to your sunbed? Or just like... I think so, because I kind of vaguely remember the spot, like the little thing that I thought was like a mole. It like I kind of vaguely remember it being around that time. Wow. Yeah. I have a funny stump bed story, actually. When I lived in Rhode Island like six years ago, just prior to moving out to California, obviously that's a place that gets pretty cold over winter. You're not out there catching the sun a whole hell of a lot. And I had never been on a tanning bed in my life. They just kind of freaked me out. They're and, a little bit weird. Like It's like putting yourself in, a, in an oven. Like, yeah. It's, it's weird. So I'd never done it. And then all of a sudden, like, uh, pretty much everybody I knew there, before they went on their, like, 
winter vacations to somewhere warm, they oh, wanted to like pregame the tent. Yeah, yeah, they wanted get to get the tent. So they don't burn later. <laughs> so a ton of people use tanning beds. And I was like, huh, maybe, maybe I could give it a go just once. So friend was going and I was like, hey, can I come with you? Because I was too chicken shit to go by myself because I was like, I don't even know what to do. <laughs> I don't even know do. how this works. I remember I mean, like, do you get totally naked? Do you leave underwear on? Are you meant to like lay that covering your nipples? <laughs> and laying on glass naked? Like you're Super on this glass weird. plate naked. It feels very so, weird. So <laughs> like we drove to the tanning place and the whole way I had all these weird questions. He's looking at me like I'm a complete idiot. He's like, are you amateur tanner? So we get to the place and I thought that, you know, you would sort of... There'd be somebody at a reception and they would maybe ask you questions and then guide you. Like a massage when you check in and they're like, yeah, and they would give you your sort problem of areas. tanning <laughs> guidance. But no, it was just like, okay, there's room available. In you go. And kind of like, I can't remember if you had to put cash in or card or whatever, but that was like the. So they didn't even do the settings for you? No. Oh. No, you could just choose like the number of minutes that you tanned for. And it was anywhere from, I think, like. Four minutes, um, and I think the max was like 12 minutes or something. I remember like doing an intake form, and like because my skin got me a certain rating on some system, I, I was never allowed to do more than seven minutes at a certain setting. So, yeah, none of that. And of Ooh. course, my friend was like, figured he'd answered all my questions. He goes into his room. He's like a pro tanner, did his thing. And I'm like, I don't know what, I to, don't do. know what to do. <laughs> But, you know, I don't burn that easily. You know, I, I like a good tan. Let's go 12 minutes. I uh -oh. mean, like, I didn't really have any clue what that meant. So pay my money. I lay there. I don't know why it's so awkward, but it was really awkward. The entire 12 minutes, I was like, oh, God, this is so weird. I feel like I've put myself in an oven or something. You start to and of sweat course, on that glass. Yeah, and it's sort of, there's the noise and the heat yeah. and light. And you're like, what? And, and in the back of my mind, I'm like, I know this is bad for me. So should I get off? But I paid. I'm going to stay here. <laughs> and then like you get dressed and you go outside in the snow on the ground and your skin hasn't changed at all. For the, right. The yeah. Cause I mean, maybe a little red, but, and I was like, does this even work? <laughs> Next day I woke up and I went to sit up and I was like, Oh, ow. Why is my stomach so sore? <laughs> and I looked down and Holy hell. Like, I don't red? burn that easily, right? There's, like, I burned when I was in Australia in, like, 40 degree, 40 degree C heat and the Australian sunshine. Apart from that, I don't burn that easily, but my God, like, I was burned deep, like, in a way that I could hardly move. So <laughs> I, got, I got dressed. I went to, like, the pharmacy. I bought some aloe vera or whatever, <laughs> went home, and I was just slapped. Like, you could was almost... your whole body that color, or was it just certain parts? I mean, like... like it was mostly like my stomach areas that I had not seen the sun, right. like arms and legs that had okay. quite a bit of weather exposure Yeah, were not happy with me, but they were, you know, tolerable. But like my whole chest area was just fried. I mean, that's the only way to explain it. <laughs> Completely fried. And so I was slapping on this aloe vera and it was almost like sizzling off as fast <laughs> as you could put it on. And I had a CrossFit competition, like one of the first ever CrossFit competitions I ever did, literally two days later. And I was like, I don't even know how I'm going to do this because oh like goodness. just even having stretching like, burnt skin is oh, like horrible. Like oh. I'm imagining like GHD sit-ups when your abs have to like stretch and contract with a sunburn. But I literally felt like somebody had put me in a hot skillet and just sizzled the shit out of me. 
And then, like, the peeling was off the charts. Again, as somebody who doesn't burn a lot, I don't peel a lot. But, like, just sheets of skin were peeling off. Yeah. And about three or four weeks after the worst of the peeling was done, and it still hurt, I suddenly got, like, I pretty much had about five freckles on my entire body prior to this experience. And then all of a sudden, like, my whole chest area just, like, freckles appeared. Oh. And, like, most of them were fairly light. Some of them were darker. They've now faded. Like, some of them still are there, but a lot of them are gone. Yeah. But, like, it was, I was looking down at my skin just like, oh, my God. What the hell did I do to myself? And at the time, I was just, like, fresh into CrossFit and was like, pop the top. You know, like, take the shirt off any chance you got. <laughs> like, yeah. That competition, oh, hell no. Like, because when I took my shirt off at the end of the day, after after I got home post-competition, I took the shirt off and I'll, my torso came with Yeah, I was going to say, I was like, I can also imagine being in a gym and someone taking their shirt off and just seeing, like, shreds of skin kind of coming off in various but I had, like, a girl uh, I knew did, like, tan weekly. Like, she was in her early 20s at the time. She was doing that yeah. weekly. And I was like, I mean, obviously, she'd built up the tolerance because she, I actually, when I first met her, thought she had naturally had, like, an olive kind of skin. She's got right. dark hair. I figured maybe her genetics was some kind of Mediterranean. Yeah. And, you know, that, that lucky for her. And then and that, I learned. not everyone turns orange, too, no. right? Like, some people over tan and you're like, you can tell by the orangey tint that it's like a fake tan, but some people are, yeah. But I was like, wow, that. seeing what it did to me, I was like, you're 22 right now, this girl. And I'm like, you're going to get away with it. But at some point, yep. and I always want to, I'm out of touch with her now, but I, like when I look down at my hands and how weather beaten they are and like the distinct line, because most of the time sailing, I had clothes jacket Full whatever sleeves, right? that yeah, covered yeah. my whole arm and I have a very distinct line between what my hands look like and what my arm skin looks like and I was like I wonder if your face looks like that now <laughs> <laughs> but I guess if you tan your whole body then the whole lot's gonna look sort of wrinkled but yeah thankfully so far that I'm aware of that episode of like peeling and freckles and stuff did not lead yeah. or has not yet led to any kind of like skin cancer scare but yeah. I mean just watching your body kind of react like that and the pain and I was just like wow yep yeah I'm grateful I've only ever had one I mean yes that like I said only lasted a summer my my bad relationship with that tanning bed led to Hopefully, only did that. you get a one tan cancer. from it? Oh, I did. I mean, I, the pictures I look back at now, um, I look very tan. I mean, I am very not relatively, tan now. or like um, you actually were really no, tan. I mean, I think relative to yeah, I mean, relative to I think the average person, like I looked very tan, uh, but I, it also had that like orangey tint to it, so. I'll show you a picture sometime of like that time because it's it is really funny. I look back on it now and I'm like, did I think I looked good? Like it's kind of like what we were talking about with plastic surgery, where people have like the body dysmorphia, where they look in the mirror and think they're fat when they're not, or they think they look bad when they don't. Um, and I look back now and I'm like, I woke up every day that summer and thought I need to be more tan and this looks good. And I look back and it it did did not look good. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of funny, like having done podcasts in the past about sort of beauty and the things that we yeah. do to ourselves that like, that was a phase 
where in the name of beauty, you were doing something that was yes. scarring yes. and dangerous and, and permanent like, damage. Yes. And... Because that was in the, for me, that was like, it was the early aughts, right? Like, so 20 years ago. Definitely the American Cancer Society at that point had already made it very clear to us that tanning beds were not a good idea. The amount of UV exposure that you get in those beds is like, you know, it's like, I don't know, the equivalent of how many hours in like direct sunlight. But yeah, we knew it was not good. I just hope that like in another 20 years, they don't suddenly go, yeah, that LED light facial. Oof. Yeah. Oh, man. Did that <laughs> lead people to like other diseases or cancers or... Or if they tell me that now the SPF 70 I use is, like, somehow toxic <laughs> and, like, going to get me in another way. But, uh, but yeah, yeah. Either, okay. like, scarring ourselves in the name of beauty. Yeah. And, weird? I mean, the, the, like, the tanning beds, too. The fact that when you burn your body, your skin peels off, like, that kind of is an indication that you've damaged, like, the deep levels of your skin. So it is kind of like a, a physical scar that way. You're having to... Uh, yeah, like a peel off a piece. Although when you see when some of this stuff, itself. like, you know, what, watching sort of various different shows where they do all these, like, demonstrating, like, facial peels and all the rest of the stuff that we do for beauty, like, some of it looks... Fair point. I do want a chemical aggressive. peels. Have, like, you had a, have you done enzymatic peels? Well, not not in, like, a professional setting, right? I mean, a lot of the peels I use at home are like fruit enzyme mm-hmm. or like, and some of them are more intense than others, but I've never had like a proper like chemical, chemical peel, peel to the level of like acid where it has to, should be done by a professional. So one of the guys I used to sail with, um, I mean like most of the guys I used to sail with who were mid forties plus had all had tops of ears removed and the mm-hmm. nose mm-hmm. removed. And like, mm-hmm. if you look at my ears talking of scars, like I actually, the worst sun damage I've ever experienced from sailing was in England because it was never particularly warm. And I'm sure people who spend a lot of time on mountains and snow have the same deal when it's not warm. So you're not like thinking sunscreen and covering up. It's like, but the UV rays was everywhere. And I burned my ears and nose two scabs. And like one of my ears actually does look like something kind of chewed on it a little bit. Yeah. (laughs) Oh yeah. So my partner just had the same cancer that I had on my chest called a basal cell carcinoma like as far as skin cancers go it's it's kind of the one you want to get it's easy to take care of and um is not like you know metastatic or anything but um he just had one taken off his ear and for him it's just because he works in construction he's outside men maybe don't tend to think about sunscreen and skincare as much as women do and certainly not like remembering the tops of your ears but what so one of one of these guys that I was sailing with, he had gone to a dermatologist because he was seeing some funny things going on. Funny things, on and his like face. he had the the bit of cancer cut out, and he'd had it in the past, like you can see, like on his nose where he sort of had things cut off before. And the dermatologist was like, "We, you know, you would benefit from a peel to get rid of some of these like damaged layers of skin on your face." I didn't know he had had a peel. He just showed up at the boat, like, however many days later when it's acceptable to be outside. Uh And his face was kind of, like, in the peeling mode. I mean, it wasn't, like, super aggressive, but it was slightly weird. And I was, like, looking at him weird. And I was, like, dude, do you you know your face is peeling off? (laughs) It was, like, yeah, I had a facial peel. And then it kind of took me aback because I'd never heard a guy be, like, yeah, I've had a facial right. peel I just went and got a facial peel. It was amazing. And, it was like, and this hardy sailor dude was like, yeah, I had a chemical facial peel. And I was like, what? 
<laughs> and then he explained about the whole like cancer thing and stuff. I was like, oh, okay. And to be fair, a couple of days later, when he stopped looking like a lizard or a snake trying to shed its <laughs> Shedding skin. skin, yes, yes. He looked really good. Yeah. I've never done that. But I mean, I, I think you can do chemical peels on the backs of your hands too. I do think facialists do that. Um like you can go to your esthetician and have them do the same kind of chemical peel or like eye peel photofacials on people do that on the backs of their hands, but But I mean like so my my sailing and my CrossFit scars, I kinda like. Yeah. Like I have no desire to like hide that or be embarrassed by it or whatever. But then like my sun scars right which is part of your sailing career right like which is it's not all it's story. not all from bad decisions like tanning beds it's from the fact that you had a really cool career <laughs> on a boat so it's kind of weird it's like where's the line or it's like maybe it was where's the scar yeah yeah i mean right like other than the tanning bed incident an, another one of my favorite sunburns if you can have a favorite sunburn um, <laughs> i've never heard of my favorite yeah, sunburn was um the first time I did winter mountaineering, um, so when I, it was when I climbed Mount Whitney in the winter, and I put sunscreen on my face, but I got a sunburn on the bottom of my chin because it was bouncing off of the snow, right? Like So it was like this thing where I learned something new that you have to put sunscreen on the underside of things because the snow will reflect the sun back up at you. So like even stuff like that where I was like, oh, that sunburn it was, you know, faded obviously but it was kind of a mark of that really cool new experience for me so my worst my least favorite sunburn that was wasn't caused the by the bed? sun oh, i was like wasn't it the like bed? not the ta- the tanning bed was just the most brutal but like when i was in australia and for some reason this is why christmas should always be in the cold like i was sailing around the world and we were in australia and we were so we were obviously at the beach and it was like insanely hot hmm on Rottnest Island off of Fremantle in Western Australia. And I don't think spray, like, um, yeah, spray sunscreen was much of a thing then. Yeah. And I was just, for some reason, I was in a bad mood and I didn't want to put on my sunscreen. Like, I'm like a little brat. I was 27 years old. And I was like, I don't want to wear sunscreen. So I kind of slapped it on haphazardly. And literally everywhere I didn't put it, including the inside of my belly button. Oh, that's was. Rough torched like literally torched and i was just like right wow. you were in the southern hemisphere it, like mm-hmm. it's true you don't think about that christmas in the the other side of the planet oh the inside of your belly button that would be like itchy as it's it healing hurt. like it like really hurt and then yeah when it itches it's like it's a awkward place to to attack the peeling. Try to get out of here and get the peeling done, yeah. I, I mean, I know, I think my mom always told me this growing up when she was trying to get me to wear more sunscreen. Told me about a time when she fell asleep in the sun once and her eyelids got crazy burned. Oh. She didn't have sunglasses on. So she had sunscreen on her face and on her body, but not on her eyelids. And so it was just like, every time you blink, can you imagine how painful that would be? If <sighs> just your eyelids were fried. My mom told me a story once of like, my my aunt my mom's doesn't she burns so she whenever we'd be on vacation she'd like sit in the shade but my aunt is a big fan of tanning mm-hmm. and apparently when she was young she went out to a beach or something tanned all day and of course back in the day no sunscreen like when i was a kid if we wore sunscreen it was like factor two 
for four. Right. People put that oil. Or tanning on. oil. The tanning oil. They would technically have like say like SPF four. But they like, were tanning. I remember when I first went to Spain and they were tanning competitions. There was literally people laying out like competing for tan. And they were like the darkest shade of brown. Like you know on bodybuilding competition when they like paint on like almost yes. like shoe polish. Yes. Yes. They would go in that color from their tanning oils. It wow. was competitions. They had like fluorescent, like super high cut bikini bottoms and boobs were out everywhere and it was a, it was a it sort of been some remarkable tan lines. Like Oh my gosh. Yeah, and it was always my goal. Like when I was a kid, I was like, Oh, gotta get those tan lines. Oh yeah, so tan, see lines how were tan absolutely a thing. Um I feel like it's funny. I, I wouldn't have expected us to sp- spend so much of this topic on things like sunburns, but I really do feel like you're right. They are, they're a temporary scar, like a scar that fades maybe more than others, but they really do have some stories alongside them. But I mean, have you ever been um, in, I've never done it, but a friend of mine who was also a sailor, um, the local facial place where we used to live in England, she they had this sort of machine or whatever it was that could sort of scan your face and it would show you the areas of sun damage that you can't see with a visible eye. Mm-hmm. And everybody I knew who did that, who was in sailing, who looked for all intents and purposes, like they were, you know, fine. Uh-huh. Couldn't really see much. Oh gosh. The damage was horrendous. And that's where like, I'm always just like, I wonder at what point I'm still convinced for some reason that I'm going to, cause I, I feel like given what I've done and how weather beaten I've been like at some point I have this theory that I'm gonna wake up one day it's all gonna hit <laughs> once like <laughs> I'm gonna look like some kind of crinkled dried out leather couch and you're gonna hear the scream from your house and that's gonna be my right point I'm gonna be like, like uh-oh Hannah's finally old <laughs> like the... <laughs> my hands I've accepted about you know i'm 80 percent okay with my hands sometimes like if i let them get really dried out like I was right I, i'm looking at mine right now and i'm like oh and they got really dried out like, and then it looks yeah. old and i'm like oh that's disappointing but you know it's my hands i can sort of cover them up but like my face it's like wow that's where i'm still sort of like vanity kicks in a little bit and i'm it like does. as much as i have a story behind whatever damage i've done to my face i'm still not a accepting of that when it comes to the face neck down i can be more you can like be. yeah you know i did this thing but yeah. like neck yeah. up i'm like oh you're right god my my box jump scar and i actually i mean you mentioned before like dragging barbells along your shins like in deadlifts and olympic lifting like so i've got a couple other little ones from that the worst was when I had a box jump scab that I then took off with a deadlift barbell, right? Like oh, when yeah, you that's repeatedly injure an area. Um, but there are, yeah, I mean, for some reason, because those are on my legs, certainly if I had that scar down the middle of my forehead, I would be much more vain about it probably, right? Like it would be harder to to celebrate, oh, I got that because I was doing something awesome, <laughs> like lifting something really heavy. Um, so when I was in the... Um, still sailing and I was in the British Virgin Islands with the boat for a couple of months um during the Caribbean circuit before we sailed up the east coast and I was doing we were about three days before um three days away from leaving to sail up to Rhode Island for like summer in Rhode Island and I was doing some work on the boat which involved the black tank where the poop goes oh I was gonna <laughs> say I was like I think you've told me what that oh yes I remember yeah, that's what not that is been. like obviously in the tropics 
everything, you know, things get infected quicker than elsewhere. So I was very conscious of that. I double gloved. I had like antibacterial wipes and cleaner and stuff like that. But at some point... You had to empty the tank? No, like I a... literally was replacing a sensor in it, which oh, involved okay. taking but the top off the tank, okay. pulling out an old sensor, which is obviously covered in crap, Black literal, okay. and then placing a new sensor and putting the lid on. So it should have been a fairly simple swap and swap out, keep it clean. But it was in an awkward place, and I sort of banged my head, like right between my eyebrows, literally smack bang in the center of my face on a cupboard that was in the, the bathroom area where I was working and obviously split the skin just a, a little tiny bit yeah. and I am a not really a sweaty person but in the Caribbean inside a boat everybody's a sweaty it's person. hot as balls yeah. <laughs> and it's very humid and so I was sweating and what I must have done just without even really noticing mm-hmm. is just like so wiped the back of my hand or arm across my face because the sweat was sort of dripping in my eyes as I was doing this job and transferred some of the bacteria, bacteria. that Got was it. on my hands Got it. into my head. Did the job, tidied it all up, thought nothing of. I mean, you wouldn't even barely have known that I'd banged my head. And the girl who was working with me on the boat had never been to that island before. So we had a rental car and I was like, all right, let's spend the afternoon driving around the island. We'll go see some sights. And then the rest of the crew were going to arrive the next day. And when we'd have like a couple of days and then off we go, sail over the horizon. And as we were driving around the afternoon, like my forehead started to itch. I was like, that's weird, but there's mosquitoes everywhere. So I was like, maybe I just got bit. And then I started to feel like there was a bump sort of forming right between the eyebrows. And so we got, we stopped at this like one really cool bar that's right at the top of the island. And I was like, does my face look weird? She's like, yeah, you kind of got a bump right between your eyes. I'm like, well, that's unfortunate. (laughs) Got back to the boat and like looking at myself in the mirror, kind of like, whoa, you look ugly, but it, it'll be fine by the morning. And I woke up sort of in the middle of the night and I was like, I don't really feel fine. And looked in the mirror and my whole face, like particularly like across my eyes, that whole center part of my face was like blowing up. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I woke her up and I'm like, hey, any chance you want to drive me to the ER? And so we went there and they were like, oh, that looks weird. We'll give you some antibiotics. I'm like, cool, thanks. All right, I'll be fine. Day goes by, we go to pick up the guys who have flown in to help us sail over the horizon. By this stage, like my entire face just feels really tight and it's oh, swollen. And when we picked up the guys, they're looking at me like, what the hell happened to your face? And I'm like, oh, it's fine. You know, it's just a little reaction. Reaction, like, I've got antibiotics. Probably got a bug bite, we're good. And, but I was also starting to feel weird. And the guys, the whole crew were going out for dinner. And I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm just going to stay on the boat because... Part of me was like, I really don't want to be stared at by everybody else. And partly I was feeling weird. They all went off. And about an hour later, I had to to call my friend again and be like, hey, this is something bad is happening. I need to go back to the hospital. Turns out I had to be in the ER for four days. We had to cancel the whole trip. And the bacteria had gotten into the wound. And I now had like this horrific kind of growth like an abscess yeah Yeah. so the bacteria formed an abscess like oh man coming out of my head right between the eyebrows like not something even like bangs could hide was it like it was a staph infection yeah Yeah, okay so they had to they they did all this stuff to it and they were like we're we're basically waiting to the point where we feel like we can cut it open and get rid of the infection i'm like cut it open like yeah 
Like, this isn't just going to, like, drain into your system. Like, this has to be cut out. I'm like, you're going to slit my face right between the eyes. And they're like, yeah, don't worry. But, like, you know, that's a true Caribbean style. They're like, don't worry, don't worry. You're going to be fine. Yeah, and I was like, okay. So they're like, numb it all up. And, of course, like, you're lying. I was trying to close my eyes, but it's very distracting. So I'm, like, watching someone, like, oh, God. scalp all my forehead. You. And then they they cleaned it all out and my friend was in the room I'm like can you take a picture so I can see what the hell is going on because obviously like as soon as they dug it all out they patched it all yeah, up yeah. and she, she showed me the picture and I literally looked like someone had shot me in the face right between, right between the eyebrows the like there was a hole in my head because they had scraped all the way down to pretty much my skull Okay. And I, I, was like, I thought the picture of your ripped hand was gross. No, this this I, was, I don't want to see. I mean, this like one. the hand was more like ugly looking, but this was like a hole between my eyebrows, and I was like, "What? <laughs> wow!" And then they had to like pack it from the inside out. Right, obviously, yeah, yeah. I went back to the whole trip had to be postponed. Had to send people home on a plane because my stupid face. And so I went back to get it like unpacked, repacked one day, and the guy who was doing it decided to take a phone call while wearing the gloves that he'd been using on my face. Take his phone call, then put his phone down, kept the same gloves on, no change out or whatever. And the whole setup was pretty unhygienic. And I'm like, this is my face? Not cool. So I decided to do it myself from then on in because we had a pretty good kit on the boat. But pulling gauze out from your own face, like... I went to grab it the first time thinking it would just come out. But obviously, it's as your stuck. skin heals from the inside, yeah. you got to give it a bit of a tug. I was like, ah. And I kept, like, we rescheduled the trip. I was still changing out all of my dressings as we were sailing up to Rhode Island. By the time we got to Rhode Island, it was about when I could pull off any kind of covering. And in the beginning, I was like, oh, shit. And I had, like, this kind of real ugly ass looking scar right between my eyebrows that was it was just really red and obvious yeah yeah yeah. thankfully it sort of disappeared I somewhat was but say, what, how long ago was this cause... this was in 2016 2017 2017 okay okay yeah i was okay. trying on my wedding dress on the boat while looking at the scar and on my face was like great yeah. Man, that has healed really but well. But it healed really well. But yeah. what I'm noticing, like, as each year goes by and face starts to sag a little bit, that it becomes more and more prominent as my face kind of sags I know. Now I'm scar. just, like, staring at your face. But yeah. I'm trying I mean, to, like, like... Given where it, it started. Right. And yeah, the yeah. fact that I had to, like, deal with it on a boat. On a boat. I'm pretty surprised that it's not worse. Yeah. But, like, when I first saw that, I was literally like, Wow. From here on out, whenever I talk to anybody, they're just going to be staring, like, right between my eyeballs at this thing on my forehead. (laughs) So I guess, like, as much as my whole, like, battle scars, yeah, own them, I think that I'm somewhat shallow in that because it's sort of from the neck down, I'm cool to be like, hey, look at this. Like, my finger... You see this one here? You guys can't see it. I got like a line across my finger and uh, yeah, my, yeah. my pointer finger on my right hand. And like some of the wrinkles in like my finger knuckle are missing. Because I tried to cut my finger off with a bu- with a knife on a boat. Of course. Of course. And, I feel uh, like boats. Yeah, it makes sense you have. Do you know the weird, you don't have more scars. Actually, the weird one with this scar on a boat. <laughs> is that it was like a knife that folds up. 
And I was like pulling a ton of pressure, and then it folded ah, off. Oh, gosh. and it was really cold. It was in England in the winter, and it was really cold, so I didn't even feel it. The first thing I knew of it was that I looked down and I could see like blood, and I was like, "That's weird. Where's that coming Where from?" That and coming? then I looked down, and I'm like, "Oh crap!" And then I was like, "I don't know." I literally didn't investigate. I walked up to the office where I was working, and I'm like, "Can someone tell me?" If my finger is oh my God, mostly I, I attached totally done that. or a little bit attached, I don't really know. <laughs> and the weirdest thing was, is that it was, the knife was so sharp and the cut was so clean that it healed really well. I almost felt no pain from it. But for six months after I did this, I had the sensation of like blood running down my finger and I kept, I'd be doing something and I'd look down like, oh crap, I cut my finger. And I'd be like, oh, oh it no. was just like residual, like the perception of it. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. That's like that's like the mental scar of it, I guess, right? It's like the fact that your brain then plays tricks on you. Like, I don't know. I, I do feel like I would say from the neck down I can be okay with it, but that's not entirely true because, like, the one on my chest, like, I'm still a little bummed that, like, not that I had the skin cancer, although I do regret the tanning bed, but, like, the doctor also made a choice to scrape it off rather than use like a cream like you can put a cream on some cancerous skin and it'll just like kind of chemically dissolve it and like oh. kill off all the cancer cells why and, did your doctor make that choice um you know i i'm still i'm i'm a little bit yes frustrated with him so i'm just gonna say because he was like a dick like i don't think he cared <laughs> he and i mean he was a terrible dermatologist i went to him because he was in my insurance network and he actually spent most of the time lecturing me about how I was probably going to come to him to get all my tattoos removed at some point. So he really treated me like I was like irresponsible and like, yeah, like just, it was just it was what not... you need when you've been right. told you when, have a form when of you, skin When cancer. you've been told you have cancer, exactly. So horrible bedside manner. And I went to my old dermatologist back home, like where my family had lived, like my dermatologist from years previous. And she was so mad when she saw the scar. She was like, he didn't have to scar you. He could have done this and this. Like, she was just like, that sucks. I'm sorry. Um, but near that scar, I am upset about that one, but near that scar are actually like kind of three little pinpoint scars that came from when I was very sick back in 2007. So a really long time ago now. Uh, but the scars are still visible. Um, I had a really crazy infection and I ended up in the hospital in the ICU um, it wasn't a staph infection, but it was a, like a, it's a bacterial infection that kind of starts as strep throat and then changes into something else. It's called Lemire syndrome. Um, had that fun abscess, though mine was on my neck, not middle of my forehead. <laughs> um, so I had to have a central line put in, like the antibiotics were intravenous. How did you get that? Like, where did you catch that So from? you don't catch it from anyone. You get, you get strep throat. So obviously I guess I I've caught strep, had strep throat. throat. That was the only time I'd ever apparently had strep throat. I don't know how I got strep throat, but Lemire's syndrome is like one in like six point something million chance that your strep throat will, there's this other bacteria that naturally lives in your throat. So like mm -hmm. it's in our throats right now that will see the infection and think, Ooh, I need to help. I need to take over. And it's, I forget what it's called, but 
part of the bacteria name is Necroforum, so it literally has death in the title. Oh, like necro- the death bacteria. The death bacteria. Isn't that nice thought that you have over. death bacteria living right. in your throat? Just naturally. It's a digestive bacteria, apparently, that we all have. I feel like we should um, give this episode a warning. I Trigger know. Warning. Yeah, sorry, y'all. We didn't, we didn't plan for this to go in this direction. Um, but, but yeah, so this bacteria takes over from the strep bacteria. Uh, forms an abscess, which kind of goes down your jugular, into your heart and your lungs. Um, so it's a whole syndrome because there's lots of other stuff that happens, like blood clots. And that's why I was in the ICU for like five days, or three, no, five days. I woke up after three days. Um, oh, but the I, the IV, back, um, like the antibiotics had to be intravenous because I was in a coma. Um, so I had a central line, which is this big old fat tube that they stick into your chest so so they can just kind of it's like an like the IV you'd get put in your hand or something mm-hmm. or in your arm um, but they do yeah a central line in in your chest so uh that was in my chest for like at least four days um so when it came out like obviously when you're in the ICU they're not really too concerned with like Hey, here's how to make this scar, this wound heal yeah, nicely. Like, I'm gonna save they're, your life. Right, you're like they're saving lives. They are not concerned about like whether or not your chest is gonna have this scar on it. But but that is one that I, you know, obviously it has a story alongside it. I was very, I mean, not proud of it, but I'm happy I lived. Right, like that was that was the only time in my life where I can say I was very very close to a premature death. Right, mm-hmm. um, so it is part of remembering coming out of that and I think on the tattoo episode we talked about the two tattoos under my arms because those are commemorating making it through that sickness so um I don't think back then when we talked about tattoos I mentioned scars but uh I do kind of like them and I considered getting a tattoo around them like right to somehow like actually emphasize them even more because that was part of maybe reclaiming the accidental aspect of the the scarring um, and kind of owning it by adding a tattoo around it. But I think that's what, and like, again, I, I cannot speak for like hugely traumatic scars, you know, people who've been had acid thrown at them and stuff like that, right. or burns from fire or whatever. But like every scar I have on my body tells a story and like your scar that you were just talking about yeah. is a symbol, you know, you survived. Yeah. Right. It is a survival story. So sure. sure. Yeah. You'd rather have like flawless skin with no damage, <laughs> no indents, no marks, no scars. But that's, you know, even just chatting through like the scars in our body, I keep thinking, oh, yeah, I've got another one here. Yeah, like, I know. I looked the, down at my hand. The I first like, oh, one, I forgot about that one. The first like, one I ever am aware of is one right on my finger where the damn hamster bit me. Little ooh. effort. I didn't drop it though. I remember being super proud of the fact the hamster bit me and I you did didn't not like throw it against the wall. Drop that little <laughs> shit. But you know, we all have been. And I'm sure like anybody who listens to this, if they're still listening and haven't freaked out and turned it off. Yeah, they've all been like a little if you're squeamish, you've probably turned us off by now. But like yeah. <laughs> we all have scars and they all tell stories and we should, you know, in some ways, like some maybe are from funny memories where things went slightly away or maybe some as a survival story where like, yeah, I had a tube in my chest or, you know, whatever, but you survived and it's part of your story. So why cover them up? And then it's just like, why is it that I'm like 
I was all, you know, before we started talking about scars, before this episode, I was thinking about scars, and I was like, yeah, you know, oh, I own all of my scars or whatever, and then actually talking through this, I'm like, like yeah, anything from the chin up is sort of like, vain. Yikes, still, vain. still kind yeah. of vain, still, you know, feel that pressure to, like, hide it, cover it up, you know, mask it in some way, and obviously I'm very aware of the one between my eyes that I notice more and more as my face starts to, yeah. to Which stack. is so funny, because I can tell you, as someone that sees you maybe not every single day, but a lot, like, I never notice it. You will now. I mean, maybe I will now, but, like, I'm staring at you now for this whole time, and I can't even really see it. I mean, you're backlit with the sun, maybe, I don't know. That's but... it. I hair on purpose, so you can see it. So you can't. Good point. Always be backlit if you want your face to remain in shadow. But, like, I always find, like, when I see somebody with a visible scar, Yeah. like, most of the time... And I don't usually because you never know like if people are sensitive about it. But like yeah. most of the time, I'm intrigued. I want like, to know the oh, story. Oh, what happened? Yeah, like, what's, yeah, the story what's the story behind that? Rather than like, oh shit, you should probably get that cut out. Yeah. And then like it's interesting to hear you talk about. I mean, obviously, like if you're in the ICU and they're trying to save your life and they just like gotta cut you open, they're gonna cut you open, and they yep. don't give a shit whether yeah. that's the prettiest way to do it. Yeah. Because their goal is to save your life, but finding. If you have, if you're not in an emergency situation, finding a doctor who has compassion for that and who, who like, yeah. you know, if somebody makes you feel uneasy yeah, because of the choices that they're making that is going to leave a permanent marker on your body, maybe there's somebody else that could yeah. do that. For I mean, maybe most not, doctors, but... I feel like most surgeries and procedures, they are interested in minimizing scars. Obviously, like open chest, like surgery, if you're doing open heart surgery, uh, or like if you have like ACL when they have to slice open your entire knee or something, right? I always those like, are big ass scars. People with and I don't think scars they can minimize those on the knees. Like, I'm like, oh. but C sections and like obviously like boob jobs and elective surgeries, they're usually like they're so good at minimizing scarring now. Um, but I mean, if you've had a life saving surgery, whether it's knees, heart, whatever, you're like, well, knees is generally not life saving surgery, but you know, life. When you get your knee life saving <laughs> surgery, when I get my knee lift, there they will not they be any scars. Because when I go for it, they're going to have a you'll magic have a machine. Like, go and swipe my car, spend 12 minutes, and they'll suck my knees up back mm-hmm, into place. Mm-hmm. But I mean, if, if you've had some kind of life saving surgery or major surgery where it's pretty much impossible to hide it, like a knee thing. Yeah. The fact that you're on the other side with a story to tell, I mean, that's got to be a good thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think. I think so. I mean, I hope I hope people, you know, can embrace their scars like that. I definitely think, you know, I'm the same. When I see someone with a scar, I'm always curious about the story. But also, it's like, you also never want to ask because probably a lot of physical scars have deeper invisible scars that are maybe on the other side, too. Um, yeah and i mean like with every scar there is like you i think you mentioned it like there's the external scar and then there's like the scar in your brain from the instant right taking it to a more light-hearted note back to the box jumps you know if you nail your shin on a box jump you you better believe that the next box jump you do even if it's low is like a battle oh yeah you have to mentally come back from that to like do box jumps regularly for sure but it's kind of like you know if you fall off your bike when you're a kid you got to get right back on because if you don't get back to it then that sort of mental block just especially as you get older in life if you're like learning to do something you know like box jumping later in life 
you gotta try and get back on it because the longer you leave it the less likely you are to be like yeah cool i'll go hurt myself again no it's true you do like i remember this it didn't lead to a scar but um a, a mental scar i guess uh this was a few months ago now but we were working on there was some complex that we were doing at the gym a barbell complex and it ended with a jerk and i caught my chin you know when you don't move your face out of the way and mm-hmm. you're pushing overhead the barbell from your shoulders and i just clipped my chin and it was like i don't know if it was how long before our christmas competition lithmus it was but i knew i was gonna have to do a split jerk again at lithmus and man just the memory of hitting my chin like it didn't split open my face or anything it was just more than anything like embarrassing to be like wow my technique like really got got scarred my ego is what got scarred um but yeah i was like well crap i have to i need to work on i need to get right back in and do another attempt you know at at the day that it happened i didn't do another attempt i called it but uh i kind of wish i had just done another one and fixed it right then because it's true it's like the mental scars i feel like if you don't address them they just get thicker and more 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 stubborn more stubborn and then i was practicing chest of bar pull-ups like a while ago and like i just messed up the timing and i somehow managed to hit my chin on the way down bite into my tongue (laughs) and i was wearing my aligners right now so obviously my tongue bled and then it got into my aligners i went into the bathroom i was like wow that looks so much more dramatic than it actually was but like there was a little bit of a mental scar because the next time i was doing butterfly pull-ups i was like i really don't want to hit my chin yeah but I'm far more likely to hit my chin if I'm thinking about it. So I've just got to right. get the hell back up there and do I it. I mean, yeah, the mental scarring thing. I Back in, what, last August is when I sprained my ankle doing a Spartan race. And, oh, my gosh, the persistence of the visualization of rolling my ankle. Mm-hmm. It is so strong. Like, literally, I could just be sitting at work doing something and... I'll just I have this image pop into my head of like rolling my ankle again at the gym or something right? like there's no reason why it should pop into my head but I'm so anxious about like repeated injuries or something and that that is that's a mental scar of so what made it stop like it hasn't it stopped just... oh really no I mean I'm like months and months later and it has it hasn't stopped like every time I do a box jump or certainly a box jump over every time even this morning at the gym when I finish my toes to bar and let go of the bar to land like sometimes there's this persistent picture in my head of rolling my ankle anybody who's listening to this who is thinking about trying box jumps oh my gosh i know are we like are we making people the whole point of this is actually to like embrace your scars and celebrate how but here's the thing for all of the shit we've given box jumps we still do them yes we're still alive yeah I and, routinely do them higher than yes. I ever used to, yes. and it's my shins are still intact. And we will go back, you know, to the athlete that you were talking about at the very beginning, who has a, a fresher box jump scar maybe than ours. But um, I mean, it it really is like there's a reason why it's considered like a CrossFit rite of passage or something like that because box jumps are scary. Like I think we underestimate some of the things that we do regularly in the gym. Um, and how scary they are for adults. Like all the gymnastic stuff we try. Like I'm still, I'm scared of heights. And so when I 
do a jumping bar muscle up or get myself up there, I look down at the ground and like, whew, I have, you know, I face a fear. Um, I had to get over that. Like the first time I ever got above the bar, I literally was stuck there. Yeah. Like Dave was near me. How do I I I lower myself down safely? And I lost my shit. I was like, you got to help me get down. Mm -hmm. And he wouldn't. He was just like, you're fine. Like, just lower yourself down. You're fine. And I was, but I was freaking out and I yeah. didn't like part of the reason it was so yeah. freaky so I didn't expect it to happen yeah. and like now I'm reasonably fine with it but like yesterday I was doing some pullovers and there was one I'd done a few fine there was just one I got up there and I was suddenly like oh yeah what do you do shit <laughs> and I mean honestly if you if you have been if you're at a gym where box jumps are a thing um you may have seen this but like probably the most nervous I am ever at the gym is it's not like, okay, we're testing like a one rep max squat clean or a one rep max max uh, back squat. You know, it's intimidating to have a lot of weight on your back. and um, But you tell me we're going to do a max height box oh, jump. Oh, God. Oh, my goodness. I will have, I will stand in whatever the box is with plates on top of it or something. I will stand and do that like, I'm going to start. No, I'm going to go. Okay, I'm <laughs> going to start. No, no. Okay, false start. Yeah. Like, I will do that repeatedly before I can convince myself to try yeah, jumping on something really high. I don't know really if that's something I'll ever test again. I'm okay with not yeah. knowing. Or just calling my last right? highest Yeah, one. I'm fine with whatever. Good. I don't even remember what mine was, but like, I'm probably good with it. I don't need but I think to there's something, I think, I think there's something valuable in like, what whatever sport you might do or whatever you might doing where there's a risk of like oh I could hurt myself and then I could like it mm-hmm. could lead to scars or whatever mental scars physical scars whatever it is like we forget that like as kids yeah we fall down all the time you scrape your knees you hurt yourselves yeah. all the time and you're just fine and, and then we, naturally we don't, yeah we tend to as not get adults by it. yeah we try and avoid that as much yeah. as possible and sure we don't heal as fast as kids but if you good reason to take good care of yourself, if you eat well, if you remain reasonably physically fit, yeah. you are going to heal. Yeah. And I think if there's a fear of trying something just because you may fail it or, you know, give yourself a scrape on the leg or something, you're kind of missing out. Yeah. Because, you know, if it doesn't kill you. They, I mean, right? Like they do say, if it doesn't kill you, it makes you stronger. I feel like scar tissue is also kind of like our bodies are pretty remarkable, right? The way our bodies can heal themselves is, yeah, kind of crazy to me. Um, and scar tissue is, is a really cool thing. Like it's something that is stronger than your original skin, right? Like it, it's, it's harder. That's why it's actually hard to get rid of because it's not as flexible or pliable. So it means that like when your body heals something, it's trying to heal that area so that it's stronger than it was before. So let's say like the big takeaway from this podcast. So what I hope people take away from this podcast rather than is not, totally not just like a whole do box feeling. jumps and don't <laughs> wipe poop on your face. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> those those like, or at least don't do it in the tropics. It's not really in the tropics. Bad, bad things yeah. happen. But is that, you know, we all have scars, you know, I, I have ones that I even forgot that I had and yeah. each one of them has its story and yeah, there's some pain, discomfort, suffering, grossness to some of those stories, <laughs> but I'm still here. Yeah. And yeah. it's kind of fun to have a story, right? It's fun to be able to go like, yeah, well, I, I pushed the limits. That, I tried right? a new yeah. thing and I, yeah, I hurt myself, but yep. I'm still here or like I survived X, Y, or Z. I'm still here. What did I learn from that? What can I take away from it? How can I keep progressing and making myself better and challenging myself and 
and you you know like you said we're remarkable at healing yeah. and my goal is to start to make peace with the scars that will that are there and will probably inevitably appear from right. the neck up i'm sure we'll have more we will definitely have more like uh yeah i'm sure there's more gym scars in my future i'm sure as i get more and more into things like mountaineering and right i mean there's definitely other scars on my legs that are from like backpacking banging my shins on rocks as well as uh things at the gym but so your scars tell a story and there will be more hopefully everyone has some cool stories i think we covered scars we did we did how how wonderfully average of us in our 30th episode (laughs) well technically once we put this out, we're no longer average. We're we are on the other side. The other side of average. average. So we better we are, come up with something good for are, the next one. Yeah, exactly. It's only it's only on our way up from here. Of course. Thank you for listening. Apologies if we grossed you out at any point. <laughs> um, you can fast forward those bits. You know, it ends on a nice note. Exactly. And uh, thanks for tuning in. Feel free to share. And we'll be back with something slightly better than average next time.